Hello and greetings. Welcome to the Beyond Earth show. I'm your host, Ray Trujillo, and thank you all of you for joining me on this beautiful day, February 10th, the year 2024. And it is always a pleasure and honor to be here with all of you, you beautiful constellation of souls and kindred spirits and truth seekers and knowledge seekers alike. And I wanted to take a moment to those of you that um, do celebrate the Lunar New Year, the Chinese New Year. Happy Chinese New Year to you, the Year of the Dragon. And also those of you that just have interest in various cultural backgrounds. It's a very interesting concept, of course, and it's just there's a lot of auspiciousness with the Year of the Dragon and a great deal of force fields and those of you that follow this there are literally just as there are 12 months in the western and eastern realm the correlation with the chinese zodiac goes back eons and so there are animal signs attributed to the 12 cycles in a year and so that's the eastern astrology in that form in the far east and so we have we just wanted to celebrate those that celebrate that particular aspect and also we are in a new moon in aquarius and in this realm of the aquarian time frame the theme for right now and this just commenced on february 9th and that was yesterday but perhaps many of you have been feeling some of the interpretations and the effects of the energetic realms and the frequencies, the ebbs and flows that we naturally have that are concurrent within our daily lives. And we can notice that there are shifts that are perpetual and sometimes there's a lull and sometimes there is in a like a hyperspace dynamism that just starts to supersede everything else and that can cause us to question things that can cause us to be stirred within ourselves in our own i would say internal realm in our inner life and then we seek the external of what is appropriated what is the origin of this particular energy that doesn't seem to serve us or it seems to serve us so the the reason I'm going to expend on this a little bit is because I've been getting many, many comments from so many people about how things just seem a little more odd than usual. And these are also people who are very much attuned to worldly dynamics, ideologies, and precepts of the mind, and also very attuned to the biochemical response within the body, the mind, the soul, the heart, and then also those that typically have not been so hyper-attuned, yet have been in their own, perhaps, I would say, in their own bubble, their own little tunnel vision, which is no judgment at all, it's just the truth, it's just that some people are in their own vicinity, and some people are in their individual expression and how they feel, and how porous that they are to worldly events, energetic events, psychic events, and also interdimensional events. And so right now is a very good time to speak of such events. And so the theme for 
this particular new moon in Aquarius is essentially vision and vision for the present moment, clarity, vision for the future, visions from the past in which we learn from history, how history does repeat itself. And then also instilling the hope within, the hope that originates from the angelic host of optimism, the angelic host of hope in essence, in which all of us are here. We survive because our ancestors had hope for the future, regardless of whatever they survived, whatever wars were waged, whatever dynamics were instilled upon them in that particular space-time continuum, that they had the hope and they had the optimism and the perseverance and resilience and tenacity to survive to at least thereby continue a particular life cycle in which now we are all here because of that, regardless of where we're from, regardless of our belief systems, we are here because our ancestors survived. And so that in the hope aspect draws back into the reminder in our inner sacred mirror that we also can have hope despite the depravity, the disparaging events that occur in the world. And we can even, anything that is engineered against us, anything that is falsified against us, anything that is manufactured against humanity, and the false reality and also the created division and all of these multitudes of aspects across the board on a geopolitical scale, on a humanitarian scale, on an environmentalist scale, in the animal kingdom scale, down to the very root of our ideology and also our autonomy to think freely and clearly without tyranny upon us. And so that is just breaking the surface. There's so much to that. So when we're contending with a world that seems to not be in this confluence of harmony, peace, and the structure in which we naturally organically are inclined to, then it is far difficult when we are working with the lack of authenticity, the lack of transparency, because something just doesn't feel right. Yet, when we are exposed to Let's even say on the mind, on the minute aspect and the microcosm of truth that there seems to be this generation where we are venerable individuals, that we have a veneration to seek all truth and the authenticity and what is truly authentic and what resonates within the self. And it doesn't mean that we have to know everything and have everything be exposed to us because at times that could be extremely discombobulating to have this whole polarization and this whole totality of this, let's say, exploration of all truth at once. So it comes in particular micro doses, and then it ascends and increases into a macrocosm of a great deal of this knowledge that starts to be aligned within the self because you've been conditioned to open the mind to receive new insights and to shift the paradigm of what was previously held from you. And so when you have these energies that you're feeling now that are different than any other time in your life and those that are already naturally attuned to this, that are hyper-advanced in this way, 
you're also feeling it. And so in that hope, this is that reminder that that mirror of God, the mirror that reflects within you and around you, let that hope and that empowerment and the truth that resonates within yourself and the facts that it's okay to have permission to go beyond the force field of what has been conditioned upon us from third party relations as opposed to the interdimensional realm and also what you know inherently within your soul listening to your highest self your highest embodiment of yourself to receive that truth and then also to enact upon those truths even down to the very core of your belief system for yourself to transcend those limiting belief systems of the inner doubts of those inner fears those subconscious negative fear-based separative ego aspects that affect all of us but if we have this moment where we can actually attune to more of the truth that is in the present third dimensional realm and in the dimensions beyond and we go into the fourth and the fifth and beyond and we have a insight an inkling into that we are more than just this physical experience and we are more than just this body this flesh and bone and that we are far more than what we are i would say submitted to and in that repression that you are limited that you are only this you're only as good as your last let's say you're only as good as your last mechanic performance you're only as good as your last crop you're only as good as your last art piece your last movie you created your last novel you wrote you're only as good as your last surgery you performed you're only as good as your last litigation that you conducted and in those ways you're only as good as the last time that you organized something right let's just go there that in that place that we all can have that moment that we're only as good as our last then that creates the lack of hope for ourselves and so when we want to motivate and to promote that inner field an inner light of hope to continue and to really really magnetize what is of our greatest potential and what is truly in our heart mind soul matrix in that desire of what fulfills us what is essentially our purpose and the multi-purpose of that so when you align that hope with something even if it's hope for praying for affirming for meditating for essentially of course this sounds so generic but it's in essence truth world peace there's often the degradation of world peace right there's also the oh that can never happen animals can never all be saved humanity will always fight against each other but when there is that emanation and that force field of world peace and of love of all and of sentient beings that is in the elemental realm of really ascending the limitation of what we are suppressed by so if all of us start to even slowly but surely increase that hyper awareness and you hear this all the time you know raising the collective consciousness 
And there's a great deal of seriousness with that. That is imperative. It's paramount. And it is not in the quote-unquote generic assertion that many can scoff at, that many that may hear that and say that can never be. We have war being waged and we have wars that are intentionally created to create further destruction and discord and chaos, that all of these wars are truly a money incentive to create money because you don't create money unless you have war, correct? There's so many, if you dig deeper, there's so much truth to that. So, and it's all about control and possessiveness and the tyranny in so many ways. And in the spirit of ourselves, we are born to be free. We are born to be the all-encompassment of receiving love, of to permeate love and to promote love and also to have the advancement in our soul's progression. And so when we advance with our soul, forgiveness aligns with the opposite of hatred and forgiveness aligns with the supernatural power of love. And if we look upon Jesus to be in this world, but not of it, we look at Buddha If we look at all of the great enlightened beings, and if we look at our guardian angel realm, we look at the elemental kingdom realm, we look at the caretakers of the realm that are here upon earth and those that commune with the Arcturians and the Lemurians, the Atlanteans, and so many, the Pleiadians. We could really speak of those beautiful entities and the beautiful angelic celestial realm that really wants to coordinate with us in humanity to raise our vibration, to raise our collective consciousness, to instill hope. Because one thing that no one can steal from you is hope. Hope in yourself, hope for others, hope for the world, regardless of what the darkness really truly tries to submit us to. And so when we see the lack of hope being so pervasive, it can be extremely disenchanting and extremely disheartening and disconcerting to all of us when we truly derive and originate from that sense of light hope. And so hope is within many, many modalities within the self that you can find and that you can seek, but it does come from within And then sometimes you can be influenced by seeing an act of kindness with a random stranger, perhaps someone who's helping people that, wow, like, wow, that person was honest. My goodness, someone found a wallet with $10,000 and they really tried to find the owner of that, right? The, The rightful owner, somebody found a diamond and on the ground and it had a particular serial number and they really wanted to return it to the right person and somebody helped a homeless veteran someone helped uh you know a homeless animal or they're beginning an orphanage or they're helping children that have cancer or elderly people who need help elderly people who have been abused all kinds of stories i'm just giving kind of random examples here but when you hear like there's like these hopes and also too when you hear that like some nice FedEx delivery guy just wanted to 
be kind and shovel off the snow of an elderly person to be kind, and then they didn't want credit for it. I mean, you just hear all kinds of a service, a small, that seemingly are small, but they're truly, in essence, are not small. Every act of kindness is so gargantuan in itself because that promotes the force field of that loving and empowerment and that energy of hope because hope is so expansive. Hope is so prolific in its own prophecy. So if you hope for the best, if you hope for the future, if you hope for your fellow brother and sister, if you hope for the animal kingdom, then you are transcending an element of darkness. There's a force field within and also an external force field that's in aspect that's always working in this congruence at times. And so there's also the congruence and there's also the contrast and the conflict and the constriction. So it can work together and then it can also work against each other. Yet when you align that hope, when you align the supernatural power of that, then it becomes more, uh, it literally illuminates and outshines any of the perpetual darkness that may have been present if that hope had not originated into that emanation and to outshine and to supersede that. Then it becomes congruent within the self where you're naturally attuned towards and pivoted towards hopefulness, optimism, and then thereby your etheric body, your soul, your spirit will radiate even more so. And then you start to attract more love, more light, more success. And then you recognize that it's part of the progress. So in that element that is sequential to that, it is the progress of all. And so when you are confronted with a certain change, let's say, for instance, that sometimes change can be seen as an unwelcome commodity, right? But when we're confronted with a certain change, we can have it as change for the present moment, change for a beautiful attitudinal reattunement, an attitudinal adjustment, positing into the more enlightened place or a strengthened place within the self. And that perpetuates and breeds the continuation of opportunities. And opportunities are all open. Opportunities are expansion for that subsequential growth and also the exponential growth and also the evolution of the soul, the evolution of our body and our mind, our intellect here upon earth while we share this earth with one another, and while we share this earth with our fellow creature kingdom, and we are observed by God, by the angels, by the celestial realm, and we're also observed by the interdimensional, beautiful, celestial elementals that do observe us, and they see that many of us are doing the best that we can and that we seek and strive to do better and to do more. And the intention is there. And when we have possibilities and the probabilities of that as well, we can look at all the variables 
of how we conduct our lives. And yes, many of us are very busy. Many of us feel like Mother Hubbard or Father Hubbard. We have 10 children and 10 dogs and 10 cats and 10 jobs and just so many things that we have to be responsible for. But when we allow ourselves to really quiet the mind and the monkey mind, the chatter of the mind, to really have a moment to just check in with your inner self, to pray to God, to pray to Buddha, the Shekinah, whatever your belief system is, or if you don't have a belief system in that way, then meditate or to affirm or to study or to just go into nature. If Mother Gaia is your goddess, go into nature. If the elemental kingdom, if you are one with nature and the elements are your true mastermind, the architect of all the creation, ground with nature, ground with crystals, ground with plants, ground with animals, look at the sky, hug a tree, essentially hug a tree. There is actually so much in the biochemical response within the body that when we are in the presence of nature, that there's so much grounding. But when we do truly hug a tree, or we look at the sun in a, in a safe way, or if we look at the stars, the moon, the elements, we look at the chlorophyll, the photons in the tree, we feel all of this magnificence. It does take us back to our epigenetic principles our ancestral principles. It does take us back in our DNA and our spiritual DNA. So we have everything from the past reflected back to us in the present. And so we contain and we carry these elements within us and upon us throughout our daily life. But it is so essential to hold on to that, hold on to it with dear love and dear light. Because it truly promotes that sense of peace and harmony that we all need to continue to survive and to have the perpetual state of evolution for ourselves and the expansiveness of our spiritual selves, our belief systems, our dogmas, and also our ideology. So in many ways, there's such a beauty that exists when we allow ourselves to see that beauty in our own individual way, you don't have to be like everyone else. You don't have to believe in everything that everyone else does. You can have your own opinions. Facts are facts, but opinions are exactly that, opinions. Yet being respective to everyone's belief systems, being respective to that and respecting your own you know, that can be challenging at times for many people, but when it comes down to the belief system of love and hope and also the progress for yourself, for ourselves, for humanity, that is something that I believe that we can all agree to agree upon, regardless of any division, regardless of any of the intersection that has occurred. And so in the progress of ourselves, we have these opportunities to to grow. This is a very beautiful baseline to just operate from and think upon and contemplate upon to, especially in this new year with all of these shifts that are occurring. And so I was speaking about the Aquarius new moon, right? And so I'm just explaining all the themes and I go through a very deep analysis of these places that I feel need to be 
truly expanded upon. And when I elaborate upon these feelings and these notions and also these energetic themes, there is so much significance to these elaborations because sometimes we all need to hear a deep dive and also the analysis within the analysis of that. And so if you've noticed some strange occurrences, and I know that I speak of the Twilight Zone quite often in my shows, but in the Twilight Zone, the inverted reality that just the quickening seems to be here, and it is here. Many of you theologically believe that we are in end times, we're in Revelation, Many of you that in your own right, if you don't have any of those types of beliefs, but you feel like, wow, there's a complete ending of something and a new beginning commencing of another. And so if we truly just expect nothing at all, and we just work on ourselves, that's also okay in some degree. But then when you're surprised with what occurs. And we have, I could, I'd like to just say like we, we, with Uranus squaring the new moon, there's a great deal of weirdness. There's a great deal of shift and change. And there's also a great deal of awkwardness, but also some deja vu. And a lot of you that have gifts that where you can see beyond the veil, many of you that have attunements with clairvoyance, claircognizance, clairsentience, all the clairs, those of you that have mediumship abilities, those of you that are true and deep empaths, and those of you that are seeking these gifts and expanding your gifts, and those of you that have a varying degree of gifts and all in one and healing, the healing touch, the laying of the hands, telekinesis, telepathy, all of that, and you help create miracles in people's lives, truly there's much of you and many of you that are observing this. And then those of you that are interested in just learning and observing, I'm very quite certain that you're also experiencing all of these. And I'm not saying that there's a category that, oh, one can feel and see more than the other, yet we all have our degrees that sometimes we have our divine time in which we blossom and sometimes we blossom all at once and it's a lot to handle and sometimes some of us blossom in these incremental aspects in which that's what we can handle but when we do fulfill that essence of our blossoming in that way when we create that metamorphosis within ourselves, and that we actually transcend it and we transmutate through that then we feel like a brand new person. We feel like an entirely new soul at times. And it's a beautiful experience for many of you. Yet, as I was saying earlier, those of you that see, and then those of you that wish to see, and those of you that already see, all across the board, you're noticing these shifts in such a way, and they're sudden. They come out of nowhere. And they're essentially breakthroughs. because. It's upon observing, external observation, and then the mirror of that internally. So it's intrinsic within yourself, and it's truly, truly affecting the matters of the heart. And right now, we have a great deal of, in the matrix of the heart, 
and the mind and the spirit, the body, the element of the heart awakening, the heart illuminating. And this all aligns with the vision of the heart, the hope of the heart, and also the progressiveness of the heart in all ways, in all shapes and forms, and the capacity of which when our hearts have been broken, our hearts may have been broken by family members, by friends, by colleagues, by how we see the world have devastation and ruin, and also the manufactured chaos that's ongoing, things that are out of our control at times, and things that are in our control. And what we can control is how we react and correspond to those perpetuated events and the manufactured events. But nothing can truly, truly erase our heart dynamic when we are full of love and we wish to love. And when we wish to love and when we have the hope and the progress and the vision to enact upon that love from the heart, from the mind, from the spirit, from the intellect, that is the supernatural emanation of that divinity in love. So there's a great deal of magic with that. There's a great deal of alchemization with that. The heart is magnificent besides the physiological, biological construct of it, in addition to the heart chakra and the emanation of that as well. But when you truly, truly look at the heart in its own field, if you hear the heart of gold, look it up. There's so much to that, the heart of gold. And if you actually, um, in if you actually unroll the heart, if you are medical examiners know this, forensic pathologists know this, but when you, and I don't mean to be too graphic here, so I'll just keep it as light as possible. Yet, when you're a medical examiner, coroner, forensic pathologist, and you truly have the access to the human heart the post-mortem deceased for study purposes when you actually open up the heart there is the alchemical response and it unfolds in a certain way and so i'll leave it at that but if you can look it up to your own um viewing and your own information preference and in case there are squeamish individuals, which I respect and I don't want to offend anyone. But there is so much truth to that essence of heart of gold. And so in the heart of gold, when you hear the, wow, you know, Johnny, Billy, Sarah, Richie, right? Jeff has a heart of gold, right? All of these people have a heart of gold. Well, there's a great deal of truth to that besides the astral body, besides the etheric body. And so we are all attuned and we are all in this divine coordination with the Holy Spirit, with the universal kingdom, with the celestial kingdom. We all have our purpose here to engage with love and to enact upon love. And so back to changing and shifts and breakthroughs. When you see breakthroughs within yourself, compliment yourself, commend yourself with that praise because it's so vital 
when you experience a breakthrough, especially through like, let's say a dark night of the soul, that is very difficult to contend with. It's difficult to experience and to endure, yet having the courage to confront it, having the courage to survive it. Many of you, there are people that have like seven years, essentially seven years of a dark night of a soul. Some of you, it's short-lived. Some of you, it could be throughout many times. And when you have these brief encounters of a dark night of a soul and even extended periods of time, you'll truly notice that when you see this overextension and everything can seem dismal and there could be a great deal of, and I'm not going to say clinical depression, that's a separate thing, yet the feeling of despair and the feelings of depression and also in the lower vibrational realm in which there's this correspondence with, and you just can't seem to get out of it because of certain traumatic events, certain injuries upon you. And it could be health. It could be family. It could be love. It could be financial. It could be spiritual. It could be all of that. But in essence, it is the dark night of the soul. And a lot of times the best thing to do is to rest and to allow the rest to come in and to really reach out and touch faith in a certain way that is respective to you and your belief system, if you can. And many of you have had such a close relationship to God or Heavenly Father or the angelic realm or any of the spiritual realms. And in all in all, it's universal and it's one language um, in itself. Yet sometimes there are many of you that have been too tired to even pray. And when you get too tired to pray or you get too tired to meditate or you get too tired to chant or to affirm that is when you truly need it the most when jesus christ would face the most obfuscation and the most persecution besides his last particular days upon this physical realm in those times and in addition to you'll see that that was when he had to pray the most with fervor to transcend that You'll hear people that have stage four cancer that are they're truly at the end. They are really having this, they have the chemicals in their body from the chemo and they have chemo brain and it's so hard for them to hold on to faith and hope and they have to rely on the love and help of other people to pray for them. But there's still that inner light within them that activates somehow, despite whatever the oncologists say to them, that you know, you have a week left, you have three months left, you might have a year left, you might have five years left. There's still this internal compass that says, I'm going to hold on to my very last breath with all the hope, all the optimism that I truly can, because that's all I know how to do, even though I'm so tired and my brain is not functioning as well because I have all of these chemicals that are causing this deterioration of my hippocampus and my frontal lobe and also my clarity center and my amygdala, my fear center is just in extreme pain because I'm so afraid, but I'm also trying to find the hope at the same time. These are all natural responses. But when there's one element of hope ignited within the self and you have it until the very last breath upon life, that is so consequential and beautiful in itself. So regardless of 
where you may be or where you may have been on the spectrum of having these experiences and whether you've had a near death or you've had family members and friends, colleagues that you've seen in their last days, there's a great deal where this emanation of having the overextension of hope and self-love and prayer and that also that visualization of that hope light, the inner light. Some of you see the Holy Spirit light. <clears throat> it's all sacred. It all means something, regardless of what happens to the flesh, regardless of what happens to the physical body, that everything is truly, in essence, happening in its own divine time. And when we apply that powerful, very much illuminated and fortification of that strength energy upon whatever the circumstance may be, then there's a great deal of what comes from that. And also to those of you that when you're, let's say, surviving from the matters of the heart in any way, and you really want to have a new perspective in things, and you'd like to really explore, and you'd really like to just change your, I would say, have that attitudinal adjustment or that reorientation to a new hobby or to something that makes you feel better, and also what is effective for you and what is uh, truly arousing this passion within your heart, mind, and soul. So, you know, we could say that theoretically collaborating with our, let's say, uh, let's say, uh, finding what you love, finding what you're really interested in, finding what you have a passion about, correct? That that really helps to motivate and promote you to seek and find that positivity. And to gain a new perspective on something. And of course, the more you're interested in something, the more you want to engage yourself and learn with it. It doesn't seem so much of a tedious task or a laborious task. So in the new year, look to see what you find that ignites your soul, ignites you intellectually, ignites you in your heart, ignites you, that gives you your why and your how. You know, as I've mentioned before in previous shows, finding your why, finding your how. And when you essentially go into the place of your why, there is so much to that. And there's a great deal of the encouragement because that encouragement feeds your soul. And so when you're going through a new experience and you're seeing these shifts and these deja vus and you're really experiencing these perhaps brand new awakenings within yourself, then it's a very good time to truly examine more of the principles that serve you, some of the interests that pique you, and really promoting those inner adaptations, I'd say, to focus on positive life experiences. And yes, we're all busy. You know, we all have busyness in our lives. We all have, like I was saying, I like to use Mother Hubbard, Father Hubbard as the, 
you know, example and the analogy here. But if, despite how busy you are, if you do focus upon these positive life experiences, regardless of anything else that's going on, you really want to stop and to savor it. Savor that. Smile at a stranger. Smile at yourself. And truly smile at your own heart. Smile at your own spirit. Smile at the trees. Smile at the birds, the animals, the ladybugs, the spiders. You know, and when you do that, there's a sense of gratitude. And gratitude, when we go and we speak of vision and hope and progress, gratitude is an ultra-divine medicine. Gratitude is a sacred medicine that we all have the capability of possessing and to share with others. And if we say we're grateful to Mother Earth, we're grateful to Gaia, we're grateful to God, we're grateful to Jesus, Mother Mary, we're grateful to the Archangel Ram, we're grateful to Buddha, the Shekinah, to Ganesh, we're grateful to the great Native Americans, we're great, you know, we're grateful to the indigenous people, we're grateful to the animals, we're grateful for the ocean, we're grateful for so much, we're grateful for ourselves also. So thinking in that way, positing that gratitude in any way, and then also including yourself in that gratitude, like, wow, I'm grateful that I can walk, I'm grateful that I can see, I'm grateful that I can hear, I'm grateful that I can read, I'm grateful if I if I can't hear that I can see, that if I'm blind that I can hear. I'm grateful for the ability to use my hands. I'm grateful for the ability to have a wheelchair if I can't walk. There's so many things we can be grateful for regardless of what we experience in our individual life and our contracts here on earth. But the gratitude, though, is that deep sacred medicine that when we experience these shifts and these changes and the supernatural effects and also the geoengineering effects and the solar weather effects and what is manufactured against us that creates this division in our humanity and also how we have been lied to and deceived in so many a multitude of directions. If we go to the gratitude that is inherently selfless in that way, then we have this true look at a, a catharsis within this healing aspect within and we actually contribute to that collective consciousness of that hope when we align with that gratitude because when we recognize the love in others and the goodness in others and the peace within others that is outside and external from our very self again like i was giving that reference earlier when we notice a kind deed to an, an, an unfortunate soul that needs assistance, that needs help or needs sustenance, then we have a gratitude for, wow, that was so nice, right? And then we have a gratitude to our friends, our neighbors, our loved ones. But we also have a gratitude for these small things, the seemingly small things that I was speaking of that one small thing that is of love and light and purity is also gargantuan in itself. So when you go into this place of unconditionality, 
and you have that deep intrinsic internal application of appreciation towards other people it does pay forward energetically spiritually and so you know i speak of catharsis and that is truly let's just for those of you i just want to expand upon this that psychologically that truly defines a moment of release and unleashing and unfurling and unburdening from the mind and the soul. Like if you've been through some trauma, if you've cried, if you've had a great deal that you've just unfurled from yourself, and that's a lot of emotions, and there's toxicity in those hurtful emotions that we all suffer and endure. Yet when we release that, and when we also engage with the gratitude it happens to have this alchemical effect with the catharsis that actually helps to heal and promote the sacredness within your temple within your mind within your soul within your heart and it gives you a new vision let's say like a new introspection and else also an outer perspective external perspective that there is a potential for more peace in the world. There is more potential for hope in the world. And even down to your own inner sphere of your, the degrees of association, those of you that, you know, some of you have thousands of real friends. Some of you have maybe one real friend. Some of you might be looking for that one real friend, right? So however you are on the spectrum, of association and then you can go to colleagues and associates and also the superficial friends that only want you when they need something and then you have people that are just your social media friends and their supporters and you think of them as a friend they think of you as a friend but you really haven't gotten to know each other that's also okay but when you go down to the degrees of association and you look into what really is in your inner compass of your tribe who's really part of your intimate tribe that is the question so those people who unconditionally reciprocate and support you you unconditionally and reciprocatively support them you have a nice exchange where it's not one-sided and you know you can trust them and trust is a huge dynamic and we can speak about trust a little more as well but when you have that engagement with that tribe, whether it be one or many, or if you're looking for your tribe, this is a very good time to just express the gratitude for those particular individuals in your life that, my goodness, I'm so grateful for my best friend. I'm so grateful for my partner. I'm so grateful for, you know, these individuals or these animals that really have helped me to get through hard days and nights of studying or working or going through a health dilemma or a relationship dilemma or whatever it might be. But having that gratitude truly is alchemizing because then you really start to train yourself to expose yourself to more acts that deserve gratitude, more engagements with elements and people who are aligned in that frequency and so 
Gratitude is very contagious. Gratitude is so, it's also prolific because when you have that thankful appreciation for what has been received or what you are observing, there's that acknowledgement. And acknowledgement is that beautiful recognition. And we all have these elements. And if we really, really, really want to grasp this and grow and progress with this, then you'll see that it's it actually starts to mirror itself. It actually starts to replicate. So if you're grateful and then you express that gratitude, then it also creates this beautiful quantum field, a quantum resonance of energy that you thereby start to attract more grateful people, more generous people, more, um, I'd say, appreciative souls. And if you're used to pathologically self-absorbed takers, let's say, people that use you because your light is so bright, people that use you because you're so kind and you're so passive, but you're so giving, and then you're just tired of it. You're just, a lot of you, I've noticed this, that in this new particular shift, a great deal of you that are so loving, so empathic, so kind, you would give the shirt off your back. Mother Teresa is truly one of your great heroes, a saint, true saint. She is a saint. Yet you just really work under that modality, that frequency of, you know, if you can't help anyone, be at least kind to them. Or It's just good to help people in general and animals, of course. But animals are in their own uh, frequency. Yet they're always grateful. So, but human beings, though, other human beings, when you encounter this unendless, this unconditional giving, and you're seeing that you're ta being taken advantage of, you're seeing that you're under the exploits of the dark narcissist traits, the dark borderline personality traits, the dark emanations of true manipulative tactics, okay, there's so much to that, but, and there's so much truth to that, and there's so many books on that. But if you are in one of those energetic realms where you are a provider, a rescuer, a giver, and you will give to no end to where you are thereby exhausted, now you're in officially clinical burnout. You know, Dr. Herbert Freudenberger coined burnout. You can have vicarious burnout. You can have transference. You can have so many things. You can be burned out of being the caretaker to someone who doesn't appreciate you, who chastises you, persecutes you, and you're the one that they're alive and they live a quality, comfortable life in their condition because you really just spend endless days and nights being so kind and loving to them but they're so cruel to you at the same time. I mean, there are so many extreme um, elements of this, but to all of those of you that do encounter, even down to if it's lending money, even if it's down to giving advice and it's one-sided, even if it's just down to people always want to use you to have a party at your house because your party, you know, your house is 
capable of having a party, but they never invite you to their party. You know, I'm just going across all of the examples where it's one-sided and you're just very kind and you're very giving. Look at the scope, write down a list. Who is a taker? Who is a reciprocative giver? Who appreciates you? Who really appreciates and cares for you back? All of those things. You do that. And then you see. And then whenever that person who just wants to use you for a car ride, because they know that you will drive them anywhere at two in the morning, or whenever, you know, um, they're having a problem, but you needed them when you had a problem and they're not there for you, then you don't have to help them when they have disrespected your boundaries. So you create these boundaries and you see who respects these boundaries. And if you say no, if this person's asked you a thousand million times for $10 or a thousand dollars or a million dollars, and they've never paid you back, and then they just spend frivolously, and then they always tell you how broke they are, and they just keep coming back to you because they know that you're the ATM machine, that you are the bank of you, and that you give out loans without, you know, an interest, and take your time, and they never respect you. If you're in that category, this is the time where you can assert your boundaries. This is the time in which you want to promote your peace, your hope your vision, your progress, and that money that you lent, you could have used it for yourself or you could have helped a true essential person who really needed it or an animal, right? But think about all the other ways in which that dollar has an assignment. Every dollar has an assignment. Every energy piece, every phone call, every act of kindness has an energy to it. But let's see how the energy is truly being utilized. And so that's the boundary there. And so you really want to make sure and ensure that there is a loving reciprocation or an understanding of reciprocation with anything that you do. If you give your neighbor an apple when they need it, but then when you need an apple and they have 20 apples and they won't give you an apple, well, what do you have to say about that? So that's the same with energy. That's the same with those of you that are suffering right now you're having your own dark night of the soul because people have taken advantage of you. This is for you. It's okay to dissect, to create a new paradigm for yourself right now, and to protect yourself from those predators and from those people who have no comprehension of emotional intelligence and respecting your life, your light, your energetic field. And so, it's okay to say no. This is part of your progress and the vision and the hope for yourself. It's okay to say no, but also you want to dig down deep because these are the breakthroughs that you may be enduring and the catharsis and the releasing of these emotions. Why do you want to endlessly serve? Why do you want to work seven days a week for free for people who don't appreciate your cooking, right? And so there are elements there. And a lot of you that are listening to the show are light workers, are beautiful giving beings with many gifts, with many talents, with many deep emotions. And you deserve to hear this message that if you've been attacked or forsaken or persecuted, gaslit, chastised, um, if you've been 
uh, subjected to any of those energies, then, and if you've been truly relegated into obscurity, right, that's huge. There's so much to that. And you've essentially been punished just for being kind, loving, and giving with a heart of gold. Well, it's okay to retract and to just really value those that you know love you, that you know will reciprocate. And if you have to diminish parts of your tribe or what you thought was your tribe and really close in the tribe, really just bring it in a little more for you, really just kind of tidy it up, trim it up a little bit and then see who survives. Well, that's a beautiful thing to do. And so I wanted to just remind you all with love and light, happy, happy, happy future blessings and a happy Lunar New Year, the Year of the Dragon. And celebrate yourself. Don't be afraid to honor yourself. And thank you so much for all of you for your subscribing to my show and listening and participating. It is always an honor and a pleasure. And this is your host, Ray Trujillo of the Beyond Earth Show. And I'll see you again in two weeks' time. Have a beautiful weekend. Bye.